Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Good morning, everyone. It is Wednesday, May 18th. You are listening to the College Football Daily. I'm your host, Lance Glenn. Got a fun one today. I'm joined for an in-depth look at Illinois by the head coach of the Fighting Illini, Brett Bielema. But before we get to that, I just wanted to remind everyone to give us those five-star ratings and shoot a review on Apple Podcasts. Also, I wanted to make sure I let you know to stay tuned to the College Football Daily feed over the next few weeks. We have a few bonus episodes coming your way, not just Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, but also some sprinkled in on Tuesdays and Thursdays as well. It was great speaking with Brett Bielema about the Illini, really a fun conversation with him. So without holding you any longer, here's my conversation with the Illinois head coach. Joined now by the head coach of the Illinois Fighting Illini, entering his second season in Champaign, Brett Bielema. Coach, how are we doing? Thanks so much for joining me and giving me some time today. Really appreciate it. Absolutely, Lance. Good to be with you and uh, excited about the uh, year ahead of us. So coach, first and foremost, I know you have a, a big day coming up this week, Thursday, if I have my details right, you're set to sing, take me out to the ball game at Wrigley Field during the seventh inning stretch when the Cubs take on the Diamondbacks. You did it previously once, so you have experience, which I think for something like this is really important. Are you nervous going into it? You know, are you, are you practicing? How do you plan to do even better this time around than you did last season? You know what? Actually, Lance, this is my third time. Uh, I did it once after my my rookie season as a head coach of Wisconsin. The uh, Cubs organization kind of found out indirectly that I was a Cubs fan growing up, so. Uh, I was asked back in the day um, in 2007, I believe it was, and and uh, went down there and did my rookie debut. I think I knocked it out of the ballpark, me personally, uh, but uh, I tend to be overconfident with my voice. My wife would tell you that I think I'm a hell of a singer, but she disagrees. So I did this last year as well. When I came back in, they said they'd like to make this an annual event, and I for sure knew I didn't need to check with the Big Ten office on scheduling. I, I said, absolutely. And yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. Actually, now... It's a little bit of a step up. They actually have you practice with the organist um, uh, beforehand and uh, give you a little rundown on how it's going to go. And then now you stack, you actually stay in. You kind of lean out the window, give a little bit of a one, two, three. But like before my first time, you were on a platform and I'm scared to death of heights. And it was a platform on, I believe, the eighth floor without railings. So it's a much safer environment, I think, in the world of... Uh, COVID that we're all in now, everybody's made things safer and uh, hopefully uh, we won't have any glitches on Thursday. Shouldn't be no problem. Yeah, look, it's a big day. Obviously an important one, um, I think for you. I, I had no idea you were a Cubs fan, so I'm sure you're kind of, every time you go sing, take me out to the ball game, kind of living a childhood uh, dream of yours, so to speak, because obviously, you know, so many celebrities have done it in the past. And look, coach, to be honest, I, I actually watched the video the last time you sang it and, you know, credit where credit is due. You know, whenever retirement comes for you, you know, singing might be the perfect retirement hobby for you. You know, I know, I know your wife might say otherwise, but you know, I give you credit. Um, but, you know, nevertheless, we move on from that and we focus on your program. Five and seven last season, some really good wins and a few close losses as well. You know, play happens differently here or there. Maybe you reach that six win goal. But looking back on year one, were you satisfied with the way the program as a whole developed? You know, obviously you want to win a few more games, but yeah. year one development, are you happy with how it went? You know, Lance, I think as a head coach, you know, your perspective is always probably a little bit different from from three different organizations, right? Your fan base, uh, your players, and then, you know, just, just uh, the people here at the university support what we're trying to get done. So 
I know a lot of people were excited, but uh, but I didn't come here to win five games, right? So I think that's the perspective I'm coming from, bottom line. But we were able to win five, play 12 games overall in the way I kind of see it. You know, there were two games that were kind of out of reach. Like they they just didn't, at the end of that game, we, we got beat handedly, right? We won five of the others. We lost five and those other five that we lost, you know, there were several, I think a play goes either way. We could have won, but on the same account, uh, we won five that if a play went the other way, we could have lost, right? So we're there. Uh, we're knocking on the door. Now we got to push it through, uh, especially in Big Ten play. You know, lost some heartbreakers uh, early on to Maryland, uh, to Purdue, uh, to your alma mater, Rutgers, right? Like we we uh, came off the Penn State win and weren't able to play two back-to-back weeks of really good football. So um, there's a lot of things that we needed to learn along the way, and hopefully we're making a step in the right direction. And so, Coach, you know, I want to also look at your team. You decided to change offensive coordinators after the first season. You hired Barry Looney, who you previously worked with at Arkansas. He most recently was with UTSA leading their offense in what was a very special season for them down in San Antonio. Why the decision to go in another direction and what intrigued you about coach and and made you think he can take this offense to another level? Well, Coach Lonnie and I have had a, a, a background and a history that's very unique, right? He worked for me for five years at the University of Arkansas. I brought him in as a, actually a high school coach that uh, was in our community, but he was a former player at Arkansas, both played and coached there. I'm sorry, played quarterback and baseball there. Uh, had an interest. That's why I kind of was led to him and then just was impressed with him every day along that journey. Um, I was really grooming him to be an offensive coordinator. I knew that it was in his genes. So I knew it was in his DNA. And now the chance to bring him back. Uh, we played UTSA last year. They beat us here at home handedly and, and uh, fair and square. So uh, I, be, I was able to observe it. Then as the year progressed, he began to have more and more success, finished in the top 10 in several different categories. They were able to be very balanced in the run game, throw game, something I really am pre, uh, like predisposed, have a very big uh, attraction to that. So although he's new to Illinois, he's not new to me. And that was big. I didn't want to go down the path of someone I didn't really understand or who I hadn't been around. And it's been very, very exciting, I think, for for us as, as coaches, but also for our players. And then in turn, I think it'll be exciting for our fan base this fall. We'll hear more from Illinois head coach Brett Bielema when we come back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Staying on the offense, you know, look at the quarterbacks. Art Sitkowski returns, although he's working his way back from injury. You brought in Tommy DeVito as a transfer from Syracuse. First and foremost, two New Jersey guys. I'm obviously from New Jersey. Uh, so I'm, I'm all for, you know, New Jersey guys shining uh, at the power five level. So first off coach, how is our progressing from the injury he sustained last year? And just what are your thoughts on the quarterback position post spring? Cause obviously Tommy has a lot of experience. You yeah. have some youth in that room as well. And of course, Art, when he returns, I'm sure we'll also be battling for that starting spot. Yeah. You know, so first Art from a year ago, unfortunately was injured in that Penn state game. You always take good fortune and bad fortune and try to make the best of it. And um, unfortunately, he was injured in that game, but it did allow us to have 
two corrective surgeries, one on the hand that he broke, but he also needed some corrective surgery uh, from an injury that he had at Rutgers uh, that let us uh, fix and repair that shoulder. And I ironically pulled up yesterday morning and he was throwing uh, uh, with our trainers and looked extremely well. So I'm excited where he's at. Brought in Tommy DeVito, uh, who was, like you said, a Jersey guy, played at Syracuse, uh, had been really, really uh, a huge impact on us in the spring. Had a nice spring game, really liked his growth, his development. And then we actually have a trifecta of Jersey. We brought in uh, Donovan Leary as well. And Donovan, uh, a Jersey boy coming in from high school, we got our own little Jersey Shore footing going on here uh, in, in uh, Illinois. And I really say that with affection because really, you know, I've been in this conference a long time. I grew up uh, in the state of Illinois, but I went and played at Iowa, went to Kansas State for a little bit, came back to the conference in Wisconsin. And really every major program that I've seen develop right from kind of within has been heavily influenced by Jersey players, right? And uh, at Iowa, that was a huge influx of, of Jersey talent when Hayden Fry first got there. That then carried into the Wisconsin when Barry Alvarez went there. Uh, and, you know, obviously the emergence of Ron Dane and several players from that Jersey area. So I really wanted that same feel and we've been able to obtain it. Now these guys just got to produce and I think they're well on their way. Hey, don't sleep on Jersey, coach. You know, we have a we have a lot of talent down here or up here, I should say, in the, in the Garden State. I know Donovan Leary, I believe a South Jersey kid too. So uh, you said it, the trifecta of Jersey quarterbacks there on your roster. You know, I do think, you know, outside of New Jersey, I think you really reinvigorated in-state recruiting for Illinois. I think when you came on the podcast last year, you said first and foremost that keeping the top in-state talent home was a big priority of yours. You've also not been afraid to attack the transfer portal. You brought in five guys in this past class. What's sort of your philosophy when it comes to meshing portal kids and high school kids into a recruiting class? You know, How do you balance both adding long-term talent, but also bringing in ready-made kids to kind of help right away? Yeah, for sure. When I came back into the game, you know, I was out of college football for three years. And when I was gone. I was in the NFL Patriots for two and the Giants for one. And I became a Jersey guy, right? I lived in Jersey when I was working for the Giants and came back to college football. And what really jumped out to me is I really think this portal world is very, very similar to free agency. I know we, we don't want to make all those same comparisons, but what free agency does on an NFL roster is it allows you to address immediate needs, right? That you can't get through the draft. I think the portal kind of in the same way allows you to address immediate needs that you couldn't get through your high school signing class. So that's that's kind of the way we approached it. Last year, we signed 22 high school kids. 11 of those 22 came from the state of Illinois. We had 11 kids from outside our, 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 our state border. Uh, we've added a number of portal guys that kind of address immediate needs uh, on our roster with either A, injuries, lack of depth, really changing scheme is also another big one. So uh, I think I'm a big fan of the portal when used in the appropriate way. We're not going to ever go 100% in our entire roster. There are some places that are literally not recruiting high school players and they're building just off that transfer portal, but that's that's not the Illinois way. And I think the, the combination of both these two uh, to create our own little situation uh, here in Champaign is, is really on, on task. And yeah, look, I remember you with the Giants coaching those outside linebackers. I'm a big Giants fan myself. Hopefully next season and the seasons moving forward are a little bit more positive than they were the last five years. But nevertheless, uh, coach, a couple more from me. You know, I mentioned obviously the transfer portal just now and alongside it, NIL has kind of taken over to a point, you know, college football really as a whole. I know a lot of coaches have spoken out about both giving their thoughts on the sports really two biggest talking points as of right now. So I'll kind of ask you bluntly. Just what are your thoughts on the portal and NIL? Do you think that things need to be adjusted? You know, maybe safeguards need to be put in place. You know, what do you think about both topics? I think both are, are, are things that benefit our student athletes, which is what it should all be about, right? Like, I think back to what you know and what you've learned in the past is what drives you in the future, right? And uh, literally one of the first college transfers I ever took was a young man by the name of Chris Maragos. Uh, when I was at Wisconsin, he came from Western Michigan, became an all-conference player, 
was, was uh, uh, one of those under uh, underappreciated players coming out of high school. Uh, I put him on scholarship, became an all Big Ten player for us, went on to play, I believe, over 10 years in the NFL, two Super Bowl rings, an incredible career. He was a a walk-on wide receiver, uh, a transfer that came in, and I moved him to DB, and it, it ended up, you know, making a change literally in the in the in the path of the rest of his life. Next guy uh, we brought in was a guy by the name of JJ Watt. Um, JJ obviously went on to do some really good things, and then my third transfer, which was my first ever grad transfer, was Russell Wilson. And you kind of just understand how the effect of those guys had on our program. And then literally the first uh, uh, player, Cam Jefferson, who I took at Arkansas was a transfer from UNLV, started for me, and then his first year in the NFL won a Super Bowl, right? So, like, we've constantly just – I think the, the the whether it be normal transfer, junior college transfer, grad transfer, whatever way that transfer happens, they have to fit you. They have to fit the program. Uh, and that's been a big thing for us. NIL, right, has never been a time in college football where such a dramatic effect has taken place on our game. It literally – we knew it was coming, but the effect really came – December signing class really was not an issue, right? We, we, we talked about it, we presented it, but it really wasn't a discussion point in its decision process. But then we went back out in January and started recruiting for this next class in 2023. And it's literally what everybody's talking about. I think there's a lot of opportunity for NIL when there's some guardrails, obviously anything that puts money in our players' pockets that need it, that deserve it, that earn it. I think it's the greatest thing there is in our game. I, I just worry that sometimes when people work outside of the scope of what the intention, or I always say this in our own program to abuse leads to restrictions, right? And for people that are trying to abuse the intent, right? Like those will stop now bring restrictions for everybody. So I think in theory, it's a great thing. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it's 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 handled in the right way. And, you know, for those that want to, you know, you know, walk that walk and and, and and fringe on doing things that maybe aren't the intent of the NCAA, they'll have to live with those consequences. I think for the majority of people that are trying to do it the right way, it benefits our players. And to see them gain from this, right, to see young men that, you know, from their background experiences, maybe haven't had the afforded opportunities that some of this, no, just getting their parents here for a game, right? Like, being able to provide a car, right? To be able to provide lodging beyond what's just the minimum. These are all positive things. And it's been fun in our world, right? I have a couple of D tackles uh, that, that I think the world of Keith Randolph and, and Johnny Newton. The first time I said Newton and Randolph together, I'm like, man, this sounds like a law firm. So I just kind of threw it out to the media uh, about the law firm of Newton and Randolph. And now that's parlayed into, you know, some NIL opportunities for them within actual law firms uh, that not only benefit them, but also our community. So there's a there's a lot of really cool things that come out of this law. So coach, last one from me, you're heading into year two now. I mentioned before, I think a positive year one, five wins in your first season. So you, you enter year two of your tenure at Illinois. In your mind, is progress year after year something that you can simply just judge by the number of wins? Or I guess, especially in a rebuild, are there some other factors you take into account when you determine if improvement and progress was made at the end of the season? Lance, great question. Um, I think, again, the outside world probably views progress differently than, than we do in this building. I, me as a head coach, I definitely have things that I look at every day. I look at our current roster, our future roster, uh, our, our development within the building, and then our, our, our overall program development outside of the building. And in those four areas, there's no doubt in my mind we've made progress. 
it's not where I want it to be, but it's definitely on a journey to get there. I think progress from the outside world, people always look at it in wins, right? But as long as we're moving forward, I tell our kids every day, right? I, our young men live by these three things. The first is do what's right. Every day, if you get up, do what's right. You know, you got a great chance of doing things well in our world, right? Like whether it's football, academics, socially, whatever it is. Second thing, be respectful of all others, right? Like as men, we tend to just kind of gravitate to what we're familiar with and comfortable with, but the world grows and we grow the most when we're around those that we're not like, right? So someone that looks different than you, acts different, different background, different religion, different history. If we learn to respect each other, the world would be a better place. And the third one ties directly with what you just said is, you know, growth and progress. Well, our third rule is just be the best you, right? Like, you know, I'm Brett Arnold Bielema, all right? My mom and dad gave me that name for a reason. Um, my middle name is my dad's first. Um, my name and my family, obviously the Bielema name and what it stands for. And uh, I was named Brett, I believe, after Brett Maverick. Uh, I have a brother named Bart and we were off of gun smoke, all right? So like everybody has a name and a purpose, but to be the best version of yourself is really the ultimate goal, right? Like you may be named after someone else, but everybody wants to be better than that person. And I think that's what we try to do every day is just try to be the best of us on a daily basis. If all of us believe in that, we can really get to a good place in a hurry. Illinois opens the season on August 27th at home against Wyoming. Coach, thanks so much for coming on and good luck on Thursday too. You know, I want to wish you the best of luck as you once again uh, head to Wrigley and sing Take Me Out to the Ball Game. Thanks so much for joining me. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Take me out to the ball game. <laughs> Giving us a little bit of a sneak preview, Coach. Come, no, they, the first time those I did it, they asked cords. me if I needed the words. And I'm like, my friend, I've been singing this since I'm five. Like, I got no problem <laughs> memorizing the words, but uh, the, the key is going to be the uh, – the coordination with the organ and uh, the crowd. So uh, we'll see how it goes. Well, good luck. Save those vocal cords for a little bit. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks, Lance. Appreciate it. A big thanks to Brett Bielema for coming on the podcast and good luck to him as he sings Take Me Out to the Ball Game tomorrow at Wrigley when the Cubs take on the Diamondbacks. Really a fun conversation, and I think the Illini are definitely trending upwards. It was a positive year one, and they have talent coming back. The quarterback position, of course, it's one they have to figure out long term, but with Art Sitkowski returning and Tommy DeVito coming in, they do at least have a few guys in the room with Power 5 starting experience, which, look, that certainly can't be understated. But of course, we wish him and his program lots of luck as they open up the season in late August, and we wish him lots of luck singing Take Me Out to the Ball Game tomorrow once again. So for Illinois head coach Brett Bielema, I am Lance Glenn. Thanks for listening to the College Football Daily, everyone. Enjoy your Wednesday. Bright shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo. Thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.